Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Good morning. Welcome to Sure Foundation Church. I'm Pastor John. We're so glad to have you this morning. So excited about what the Lord is going to say this morning. There is a presence of the Lord that is tangible, and we are praying that you receive what the Lord has for you. Before we move forward, we're going to open up with the word of God like we always like to do. And I'm going to turn over here to Psalm chapter 107. Psalm chapter 107, beginning with verse 1. And I'm just going to read, and this is going to tie into today's service. So Psalm 107, chapter, uh, chapter 107, beginning with verse 1, on, the down, on down to verse 21. And it says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, who he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy, and gather them out of the lands from the east, from the west, from the north, and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in, hungry and thirsty. Their souls even fainted in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. And he led them forth by the right way, that they might go to a city of habitation. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness, such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death being bound in affliction and iron because they rebelled against the words of God and contemned the counsel of the Most High. Therefore, he brought down their heart with labor and they fell down and there was none to help. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble and he saved them out of their distresses. And he brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and break their bands in sunder. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he has broken the gates of brass and cut the bars of iron in sunder. Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Their soul abhors all manner of meat and they draw near to the gates of death. Then they cry, to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word and delivered them and delivered them from their destructions. Excuse me. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. They that go down to the sea in ships that do business in great waters, these people see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For he commands and raises the stormy wind, which lifts up the waves thereof. They mount up to the heaven. They, they go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. And then they reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble. And he brings them out of their distresses. He makes the storm a calm so that the waves thereof are still. Then they are glad because they be quiet. So he brings them unto their desired haven. Hallelujah. We welcome you to Shore Foundation Church. I'm Pastor John, your host. We're going to open up with a word of prayer this morning. Father, we thank you for your presence right now. Holy Spirit, I ask you to settle right now on your people, wherever they are, whenever they are, however they are. God, I thank you for your presence. 
I thank you for your tangible presence. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are the spirit of peace. You are the great spirit. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, to, to, to move around your people right now. We thank you, Lord God, that we are a people that is in love with the Father, that we are living by the word, that we are moved by the spirit. And we give you glory, Father God, that you have called this ministry to rescue, to feed, to teach, to develop, and then to launch into purpose. And we give you glory, Father God, that we are about the Father's business. Now, we thank you, Lord, for the word in due season this morning. Father, we thank you for the tongue of the Holy Ghost learned, that we would speak a word that would cause the hearer's bones to be made fat, that they would be strengthened with might by your spirit and their inner man. We thank you, Lord God, that that, that which the enemy has tried to, to set the traps and the snares that the enemy has tried to set in the lives of those that are listening. God, I thank you that, that the snare is broken and that your people are escaped like birds from the snare of the fowler. We thank you, Lord God, that you have sent your word and your word has healed us and delivered us and made us whole. And we trust you this morning, Holy Spirit, to speak that word in due season that we need to hear. We thank you, Lord, for the step ordering word. We thank you, Lord God, for the mind blowing word. We thank you, Lord, for the word of inspiration, of exhortation, of comfort, of strength, that for whatever your people need, Lord, that they would hear your voice and that they would sense your presence. And now, Lord, behold these threatenings of the enemy over your people, but grant unto your servant this morning that with all boldness, I might make, make known the mystery of the gospel by stretching forth your hand to heal, by lifting up your voice through my voice, Lord, that signs and wonders might be done by the name of your holy child, Jesus. And if you're in agreement with that prayer, say amen. And I think I hear you saying amen. So praise God. My name is Pastor John. So glad that you're with us. Before we get started, you can find us online at Shore Foundation Church, NJ, that's NovemberJuliet.org. You can follow us on Facebook and on YouTube at Shore Foundation Church NJ, and on Instagram, just at Shore Foundation Church. And we encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel and to our podcast. We are available on every major platform, including Google Podcasts, um, uh, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And uh, praise God, let's, let's jump right into the word this morning. The message for this morning uh, is the mercy of God and the forgiveness of God. And we're going to tie into last week's message, was, was, which was on the mercy of God. This week, again, we're going to talk about the mercy of God and the forgiveness of God. And I'm going to turn over here to Exodus chapter 34. Exodus chapter 34, we read this last week, beginning with verse 1. And it says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Hew thee two tables of stone like unto the first, and I will write upon those tables the words that were in the first tables, that you broke, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, and be ready in the morning and come up in the morning to Mount Sinai and present thyself there to me in the top of the mountain. And no man shall come up with you, neither let any man be seen throughout all the mountain, neither let the flocks nor herds feed before that mountain. And Moses did as the Lord said, he hewed two tables of stone like unto the first and rose up early in the morning and went into Mount Sinai as the Lord commanded him and took in his hand the two tables of stone. Verse five says, and the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long suffering and abundant in goodness and truth. I got to read that again. And the Lord, verse six, 
Exodus 34, and the Lord passed before him in that mountain and proclaimed, it says the Lord, verse five says the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And verse six says, and the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, and that will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children unto the third and to the fourth generation. Verse eight says, and Moses made haste and bowed his head toward the earth and worshiped. And he said, if now I have found grace in thy sight, O Lord, let my Lord, I pray thee, go among us because this is a stiff-necked people. And guess what? You and I can be stiff-necked. We can be, a, we can be stiff-necked people. So pardon our iniquity and our sin and take us for your inheritance. And he said, behold, this is the Lord talking. I will make a covenant before all the people. I will do marvels such as have not been seen or done in all the earth, nor in any nation. And all the people among which thou art shall see the work of the Lord, for it is a terrible thing that I will do. Terribly amazing is what that means. So this is the Lord talking to Moses. And last week we talked about the mercy of God and we defined what mercy of God is, you know, what mercy means. And the wonderful thing about this passage of scripture in Exodus chapter 34 is we can see the mercy of God in the life of Moses. And, uh, you know, most people, when they think of Moses, they just think of, uh, you know, one of the, one of the great patriarchs of our faith and of the word of God and, and one of God's great prophets, one of, one of, one of God's great leaders in the word of God. But I just came to tell you this morning that Moses is just like you. And Moses is just like me. Moses, yes, he was a great man of God. Yes, God used him mightily. And yes, he had many issues and he had many shortcomings. And he had some areas in his life that were not right. And I'm not saying that to say other, anything other than this is that the mercy of God is there. The mercy of God is there for you, just like the mercy of God was there for Moses. And despite his shortcomings, God used him mightily. And we see that right away here in Exodus chapter 34, because in verse one, God is already showing mercy because God uses Moses with those tablets of stone and with the finger of God, God writes the 10 commandments. You know, you, you watch that movie right around Easter every year, the 10 commandments starring Charlton Heston and we can, and it's pretty amazing what they did with technology back then, but you can see how the finger of God writes the 10 commandments and we can see it there and, and, and you know, in Hebrew and, and it's amazing, but, and, and, you know, and that's a movie, thank God for it. It portrays the word, but, you know, I don't think that that movie shows what happened later on, which is that Moses went crazy. Moses, yes, I just said that. Mo Moses went crazy. He went rogue and he destroyed the 10 commandments that he went all the way up to the mountain to get, that he was worshiping the Lord the whole way there. He was, you know, probably uh, praying and fasting the whole way up the mountain. Joshua wasn't far off. He goes all the way up the mountain. God comes down. He's got the, uh, he's got the, uh, um, the, 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 the burning bush experience. Uh, he experiences that. He gets the Ten Commandments. He comes down. He loses it over some things that happened with the people because they were stiff-necked people. He breaks the, the Ten Commandments. And look at the mercy of God. The mercy of God in verse 1 tells Moses, okay, go get me two new tablets of stone. We'll do this again. That's the mercy of God. Hallelujah. The mercy of God is there for you, just like the mercy of God was there 
from Moses. And you know, the word of God says in Joshua chapter one, it says, as God was with Moses, so I will be with you, Joshua. Well, the spirit of God is saying to you right now, this morning, whenever you're listening to this message, as I was with Moses, so I am with you. And as I forgave Moses, so I will forgive you. And as I had mercy upon Moses, so I will have mercy upon you. And of course, the mercy of God wasn't just for Moses. It was also for God's people who Moses was leading. And we, and I'm, I'm just highlighting the mercy of God a little bit, reviewing a little bit last week, because Moses, again, he's a great leader. God used him mightily, and, but he had some issues. He was slow to obey God. Anybody ever been there? Slow to obey God. The spirit of God told him once he didn't do it. Twice he made an excuse, three times he still didn't do it. At one point, if you read your Bible, the Bible says that God was about ready to take Moses out because of his slowness to obey and because of his disobedience. And his wife stepped in and, and did um, uh, uh, an amazing act of circumcision and basically said to herself, let me do what God is telling you to do before we all die. Thank God for a godly wife. Hallelujah for that. But Moses has all these issues. He doesn't want to go. He's got a he thinks he's got a speech impediment. So God is merciful and says, okay, take care, you know? And then, you know, uh, you know, uh, Moses has some other issues. He's trying to judge God's people and he's struggling with it and he's trying to do too much. And then his father-in-law, um, uh, his father-in-law Jethro steps in and gives him some wise counsel. And then he still has Aaron. And then God even gives him Miriam, his older sister, uh, the prophetess to help him out. But God, my point is that God is merciful over his people. And last week we defined what mercy is. And we said that mercy is just one of the manifold aspects of the grace of God. And if you know anything about the grace of God, the grace of God is overwhelming. It is inexhaustible. It is insurmountable. It is something that um, we can't even hardly quantify. And the mercy of God is just one rabbit hole that is endless in the whole you know, sphere of the grace of God. So the mercy of God is amazing in and of itself. It's one of the aspects of the grace of God. And when you define mercy, what are we talking about? We're talking about compassion. We're talking about forgiveness shown towards someone who it is within the one person's power to punish or to harm them or to hold ought against them. And it's, and it's a right situation for them to hold ought because this person did something wrong. But mercy says, I'm going to be compassionate despite that. Mercy says, I'm going to lay that aside. Mercy uh, is forgiveness shown towards someone who it is within your power to punish or harm. And we're saying this because the mercy of God has been extended to you and to me because of what Christ Jesus did. Because the word of God says in John 3, 16, that God so loved, he God loved you so much that he sent his only begotten God. Hallelujah, that's what it says. That's what it means in the Greek. He sent, he sent, he sent his only begotten God to, to disrobe, his godness and clothe himself with humanity as a man and to suffer and to, uh, to take our place, to take our sins. The word of God says he didn't just take our sins. I know we see Jesus on the cross and watch Jesus of Nazareth and all of those things. You know, it, it's, it was way more than that. The word of God doesn't say that Jesus just took our sin. You know, the Bible says in the book of Corinthians that Jesus, him, he became your sin. He became my sin. So, so God didn't leave anything left. He took all of our sin. He took all of our shortcomings, all of our insufficiencies, all of, all of our inadequacies, all of our issues, all of that, all of our serpent-like ways, all of that, that, that thing that makes you be, you be one way 
one day, but then if somebody push your buttons, the, you know, push the wrong buttons at the wrong time, it can turn you into another person that looks nothing like God. God took that from you. He took that from me. Glory to God. And as a result, we received his mercy. This is good news already. I'm, I'm being blessed. Now, biblically speaking, just to review last week, we said that mercy, biblically speaking, is compassion and kindness towards someone. Um, even when that suffering is the result of that person's own sin or foolishness. And, and we said that God displays mercy toward his people so that we are in turn called to display mercy toward each other. I'm gonna say that again. The biblical definition for mercy is compassion and kindness towards someone who is in a hard place that, that is of their own doing. They're in a place of, of, uh, of, of, of death. We know the, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. Well, if we sin and if we're engaged in foolishness, you know, that's the problem with sin is that it has bad wages. You know, we, 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 you know my, my mother used to always tell us growing up, you can choose your, um, your choices, but you can't choose your consequences. And, the, you know, the, the biblical definition for mercy is that even despite those consequences, the mercy of God and the compassion of God has been extended toward us. And not only is the compassion of God extended to you and I, even despite the situation that we put ourselves in, God is going to be kind to us in the middle of that. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And then, um, at the, in the, but in turn, the Lord is expecting us to show that same mercy toward others. And we're going to see that here in the word of God in just a, in just a bit. Then last week, I'm just reviewing a little bit. We said that um, another way that we define mercy is compassion for uh, those in misery. You know, again, whether it's their doing or whether or, or, or something else. It's uh, the atoning sacrifice of Christ. It's, it's, uh, and, and it's also, it's a favor. The mercy of God is a special favor from Almighty God. And it's also a special grace, a special gift that God has given unto his people who belong to him. Now, I know somebody's thinking, Pastor John, the mercy of God, that ain't no gift. I don't want that gift, Pastor John. You don't know what they did to me right? But the word of God says that the mercy, the mercy of God, it's a Christian grace. And that's according to Matthew chapter five and verse seven. I'll read that real quick. It says, this is Jesus talking because it's in red. It says, blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. Uh-oh. Now, now somebody just said, Pastor John, mercy, the mercy of God is not a gift. Oh, yes, it is. And it's a gift that you need if you want to receive the mercy that God has for you. Because Matthew five and verse seven says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And this word blessed, it means extremely happy and well off are the merciful. Glory to God. And it says they shall obtain mercy. They shall obtain mercy not only from people, but they are also going to obtain mercy from Almighty God. Hallelujah. That's Matthew chapter five and verse seven. Last week, we said that the mercy of God, you know, we, we talked about what the mercy of God is. We defined it. And then we saw it all throughout the word of God. And we saw that the mercy of God uh, is kind. And we gave you some scripture for that. Psalm chapter 117 and verse 12 says, his merciful kindness is, it's not small. You know, God doesn't give you a little bit. God didn't, God didn't give you some of his merciful kindness for the first three years of your, your sonship your daughtership in Christ, no, and, then, and now you've exhausted all of it. Nope, the word of God says that his merciful kindness is great toward us. It is abundant. It is inexhaustible. It's a well that goes so deep that we can't find the bottom of it. Somebody can say amen to that. 
his merciful kindness, according to Psalm 117 and verse two, his merciful kindness is great toward us and the truth of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. We said last week that the mercy of God is kind. Psalm 119 and 76 says, let I pray thee thy merciful kindness be for my comfort according to the word of thy servant. Let thy tender mercies come unto me that I may live for your word is my delight. Look at the mercy of God. Look how kind God is. Despite the fact that we don't deserve it, despite the fact that we're in, a, in our own mess that perhaps is our own doing. But even if it is our own doing, the Lord knows that we had help. His name is the devil. We had help. It's called living life. Okay, and God is merciful kindness is there for us despite that. Then we said last week that Joel chapter two of verse 13 says, rend your heart and not your garments and turn to the Lord your God because he is gracious and merciful. And we talked about how the mercy of God is a grace from God. It's, it's, a, it's one of the many aspects of the grace of God, but it is truly an unmerited favor from God to have his mercy upon us despite the fact that we have issues, despite the fact that sometimes we look God in the face and tell them how much we love them. And, you know, on the side, we have our hand in something that our hand shouldn't be in. And, but we're still coming to God. And so as a result, God's mercy is there for us. And that's a little bit of a, of a, of a hint for somebody this morning. You know, if you're, if you're wondering about the mercy of God, if you're wondering about, you know, why you're having trouble receiving the mercy of God, it's because you haven't gone to it. The only way we can't receive the mercy of God is we won't go to the, go to the Lord. But if we come to the Lord, the Bible says we can come boldly to the throne of grace and receive help in our time of need. Glory to God. And then we said in Psalm 86, if you're not dancing yet, now you're going to dance because Psalm chapter 86, it's reviewing last week, talking about the mercy of God. And this week, we're going to talk about the mercy of God and how it relates to forgiveness. But we're just reviewing. And we said this last week in Psalm chapter 86 and verse 15. Look at this. It says, but you, O Lord, are a God full of compassion and gracious and long suffering and plenteous in mercy and truth. And we said last week that word long suffering is like, you know, somebody that had that lights a fuse, you know, for a, 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 a you know, a big uh just a big collection of dynamite. And, you know, you know, if you light a fuse, if we light a candle, that candle has an expiration time on that candle. We can light it, but at some point we're gonna run out of wax. You know, and it's in the same way with a fuse uh, for dynamite we, or, or a fuse for any type of bomb, you light that fuse, there's a certain amount of time before that fuse, that, that fire that's been lit is gonna find the end of the fuse. And at the end of the fuse, Something bad is going to happen. There's going to be an explosion. Well, the word of God says right here in verse 15 of Psalm chapter 86 that the Lord is, is full of compassion and gracious. And it says long suffering. And this word long suffering means the Lord has a very long fuse, meaning, you know, you, we lit a fuse with our sin, you know, uh, with, our, with our coming short. And I'm not trying to be highlighting our sins, but I'm just kind of just talking to you about the mercy of God. We lit a fuse in God because of as a result of our sin and God is so merciful that God keeps extending the fuse he keeps making the fuse longer so that that fuse doesn't find that dominite and, and that dynamite and explode he's long suffering and then it says he's plenteous in mercy and truth hallelujah and then it says oh turn unto me and have mercy upon me give thy strength to thy servant and save the son of thy handmaid 
Show me a token for good that they which hate me may see it and be ashamed because you, Lord, have helped me and comforted me. And that's also part of the mercy of God is you not deserving it. I don't deserve it. But God is not only being kind to me despite myself and my circumstances that I may have caused or, I, or at the very least I had help with with the enemy. Not only is he, is he being merciful and being gracious unto me and comforting me, and being, but he's also being kind to me all in the midst of that. Then last week we said that the God's mercy is true. And there's a scripture in Psalm 117, we just read this, that the merciful kindness of the Lord is great toward us. Um, we read that. Then there's another scripture in Psalm 885 and verse 10, it says, mercy and truth are met together and righteousness and peace have kissed each other. And we said last week that the mercy of God, you can't separate the mercy of God from God's truth. And that when this word truth is the same type of truth that you would uh, expound upon if we were talking about a husband and a wife and a marriage and how, you know, uh, when a husband and a wife marry each other, they come together. Um, it kind of says it in this verse, mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. It's kind of the same relationship of a husband and a wife, uh, mercy and truth. And so mercy is the wife and truth is the husband. And uh, a, a good husband is true to his wife. He's faithful, you know, and that's what the mercy of God is. We can't separate God's mercy from his faithfulness. God is merciful toward us because of his faithfulness for uh, uh, because of his faithfulness toward us. So God is God is faithful toward us when we are unfaithful. Anybody ever been unfaithful toward the Lord? Anybody ever messed up? Thank God that he is not uh, unfaithful toward us. The Lord is faithful. The Lord is always there for us. The Lord is, is always available for us. The Lord is always true to us. The Lord is the truth teller and we can't separate God's mercy from God's truth. They are adjoined together and can't be separated. In verse 10 of Psalm 85, it says they are met together, but that means they are joined together. They are connected and cannot be separated. And, and in the same way, um, righteousness and peace are the same thing. You know, you can't have the, you can't have the mercy of God without experiencing his truth and his faithfulness and his, um, and his, um, um, his commitment towards you. And in the same way, you can't experience uh, the righteousness of God without the peace of God being over you. They, they have kissed each other. They are all, they are met together. They are joined and they can't be disconnected. Glory to God. So we said that last week, merciful God is kind. God's mercy is true. And then we also said last week, according to Ephesians chapter two, that God is rich in mercy. His mercy over you, over me is excessive. It doesn't make sense. You would think that we ran out after that, that awful season that I had last summer. You know, I was out there, you know, I couldn't quite get myself together. Yes, I was still showing up to church. Yes, I still named myself with the name of Christ, call myself a Christian, but I had some things that I was working through that I just seemed like I was coming up short all the time. And I had a rough summer last year, but yet his mercy was still there. And he, because God is rich in mercy. And this is what it says in Ephesians chapter two, verse four, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath he quickened us together with Christ by grace are you saved. You know what that means? That means that God's mercy is so abundant. It is so overwhelming that it is stronger than your areas of, 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 of unfaithfulness. You know, God's, God's mercy is so rich that it, God's mercy will overpower my areas of weakness and my areas of coming up short. 
because his mercy is that rich. It is that abundant. It is that overwhelming. It is that powerful. And not only that, that the Bible, the Bible says that it, its mercy is so rich because his love is so abundant. It says for his great love in verse uh, part B of verse four, for his great love wherewith he loved us. And then it gives us an example, even before we even named the name of Christ, even before you were even saved, before you even gave your life to the Lord, even when you were dead in sins, he quickened you together with Christ. How much more now that you do name the name of Christ, but you're having some issues in your life, how much more is the grace of God there? Of course, the grace of God is there for you. The grace of God got you into this, into this in the first place. The grace of God is what reached into your darkness, which reached into my darkness and pulled me out and, 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 and you know, spun me around and cleaned me up and made me new again. That grace of God that was with us, that was for us, that was for me, that brought me into the fellowship, that brought me into the family to begin with. Now that I'm in the family and the Lord still got some work to do on me, of course, the mercy of God is still, of course, hallelujah. The mercy of God is kind. Mercy of God is true. And we said last week that the mercy of God is so excessive that the mercy of God is staggering. And you need to hear this over and over and over again, that the Lord is merciful towards you. And in case you don't know it, God declares it all throughout the word. And the more you meditate the word day and night, the more you'll be able to be at home with the fact the Lord is merciful and gracious toward me. Hallelujah. And you know what that does? It makes me merciful and gracious toward others. Whether somebody's cutting me off the road, you know, whether my, 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 while my wife does something that bothers me, whether my kids upset me, you know, whether, whether uh, somebody cut me off on the way to work, whether a colleague is trying to steal my, my, my job or, or whatever, you know, whatever the situation is, I, I, I can, I can, allow the mercy of God to be extended from me to them because of God's mercy over me. I, I, it's hard to hold on to anything when you know that the Lord won't hold anything against you. Oh my God. So this is what it says. We, we talked last week how the mercy of God is excessive, how it is overwhelming. It is staggering, the mercy of God. This is what it says in Psalm 103 and verse eight. The Lord is merciful. There it is again. And gracious. There it is again. Slow to anger. There's that long fuse we talked about and plenteous in mercy. Verse nine says, he will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. Meaning there are times that we do things that upset the Lord, that anger God, but he won't keep that anger. And guess what? The Lord has given you and I that same ability. Something's gonna happen that's gonna upset you and make you angry, but God doesn't want you to keep that anger. Verse 10 says, look what, oh, this is powerful. It says, he has not dealt with me after my sins, nor rewarded me according to our iniquities. It's well within his power to do so. It's only just, it's only right. But it has, but he has, but because of his mercy, because of his graciousness, his slow, his slowness to anger toward me and his plent, his uh his uh, abundance and mercy toward me, he has not even dealt with me after my own sins that I deserve, nor rewarded me according to my iniquities. And here it is, verse 11, for as the heaven is high above the earth as the sky and the clouds are high above the ground that we step out of our car onto as high as the sky is from the ground that you walk on that i walk on every day so great is his mercy toward them that fear him glory to god and then if that doesn't make enough sense if that's not wide enough enough a wide enough margin then it says in verse 12 as far as the east is 
from the West, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Did you know that if, you know, if we lay down a sheet of paper with a map and we put that little compass key on it and you put your directionals, north, south, east, west, east and west never meet. They're always going in two different directions. And some of y'all being smart, I can, I can hear it. Pastor John, you know the earth is round. Yes, I know the earth is round, but we're just talking about in terms of direction. Wherever you are standing at any given point, east is, I'm just, the camera's this way, east is that way, west is that way. Those two never meet. So if you move, east is still that way, west is still that way. If you move this way, east is still that way, west is still that way, they never meet. That's how, that's how, that's the mercy of God. And that's the grace of God, that as far as the east is from the west, that's how far the Lord has removed you and I, has separated you and I from our transgressions, from our sins, from our inequities, from our insufficiencies, from our issues, right? Because we got issues. But Jesus came to take those issues. Matter of fact, the word of God says Jesus became those issues. And, and then the word of God says that in exchange, he took our issues, took my issues, and exchange gave me his righteousness. So I don't have my issues anymore. I have his righteousness. Somebody can say glory to God to that. So that's a, a quick review. And then we're going to get into this. Now, the mercy of God and forgiveness. Um, hallelujah. So Exodus chapter 34 and verse 9. We read this a little bit earlier. Um, I know that's a lot of scriptures. Uh, so thank God you can listen to this message again because we're going to pop upload it to the podcast. But verse nine says of Exodus 34, and he said, if now I have found grace in thy sight, this is Moses talking after, you know, the Lord is merciful and says, you messed up the 10 commandments the first time, Moses. Now go get me some new tablets of stone. I'll do it again. I'm merciful, right? Um, verse nine says, and he said, and now if I have found grace in thy sight, O Lord, let my Lord, I pray thee, go among us where it is a stiff necked people and pardon our iniquity and our sin. This is the mercy of God. One of the definitions for the mercy of God is pardoning. And to pardon means to forgive. Hallelujah. Some of y'all know where I'm going with this, but stop preaching your own message and just listen. Hallelujah. Let the spirit of God massage this word into your heart because God is pardoning you. He is pardoning me every day. God is so good and so rich in mercy that he has pardoned me for sins that I haven't even committed yet. God has pardoned me for the sins of, of yesterday. God is pardoning me for the sins of right now. And God has already pardoned me for the sins that I haven't even committed yet. That, my friends, is the mercy of God. And the mercy of God means that there's a pardoning. And the word pardon means to spare. It means to forgive. The word pardon is like when Abraham took his, own, his only son, Isaac, because the Lord told Abraham, I need a sacrifice. And Abraham was a, a man of God. If my God says he wants a sacrifice, he gonna get a sacrifice. And God said, give me Isaac. And Abraham didn't even think, okay, you can have Isaac. And the Lord is, you know, the Lord is watching Abraham's obedience and Abraham is so quick to obey. He's ready to, he's ready to, to, uh, to go ahead and lay up his own son. And God spares Isaac and says, no, Give me, no, no, keep Isaac, your son. But, but God is so merciful. God says, you don't have to go all the way, Abraham, and give me your own son, but I'm gonna go all the way for mankind because I love y'all that much. But you don't have to give me yours, but I'm gonna give you my only son. That's later on, right? But he tells Abraham, there's a, an animal right there caught in the thicket. 
you can you can you can sacrifice that instead that is the word forgive that is the word pardon that is the word spare that's what god does that's what forgive means forgive means i'm going to pardon you i'm going to spare you and not only that it forgiveness takes it to the next level god the god kind of forgiveness takes it to the next level and not only pardons us but spares us and takes and takes something else as a as an atonement for our sins Hallelujah. That's what that word uh, pardon means in Exodus chapter 34. And so what I want to tell you today is that the mercy of God is always going to result in his forgiveness toward us. And that is to say that the forgiveness of God is a byproduct of God's mercy. God loves us so much and is so abundant and so rich in mercy, like we've read over and over and over again. We've seen over and over and over again the word of God that because of that, well, of course, God is going to forgive. God, it's a, it will be impossible for God to be merciful and not forgive. So the forgiveness of God has been extended to me, has been extended to you because of God's mercy. Now, this is what I'm going to, I'm going to read this in the word of God. Uh, Matthew chapter 18. This is really good. Some of you have seen this before, but just let this bless you. Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 says, then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how often do I got to forgive my brother over here when they sin against me how often i gotta forgive him i gotta do it seven times because that's a lot of times right and look what jesus says in verse 22 jesus said unto him i sin not unto thee uh seven times no no peter not seven 70 times seven and then he says in verse 23 therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened to a certain king which would take account of his servants now here's the point some of y'all already taken count, right? I know that's that's a that's a natural thing that we do. Somebody has sinned against you today, you know, and the word of God says it's your brother. So it might be you might consider that person to be your arc your arc enemy. You you know you you loathe that person. They're not or I say nicely, they're not your favorite person. So they're already not your favorite person to begin with. And on top of that, they sinned against you. And so Peter says to the Lord, Lord, that person I gotta forgive. How many times I gotta forgive that person, Lord? Just tell. I just want to know how many times because I want to make sure I comply with what you're asking of me. And look what the Lord tells him, because Peter's being smart, but we're all smart, right? That, that happens to all of us want to know how much I got to do it, Lord, right? And just think about it. What if the Lord told me, John, how much you expect me to forgive you? Oh my God, I'd be in trouble. I might not be saved and clothed in my right mind right now, if not for the forgiveness of God. I'm going to show you why in just a minute. But Jesus' response to Peter is, no, Peter, you know, it may as well say, no, John, not, you know, how many, the question is not how many times you got to forgive. The question is the, really, the, 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 the question is not how many times, you know, um, um, you know, more than once. The, the, really, the answer is as many times as you have to. I know that if you do the math, it's 490, but I know I've sinned more than 490 times against the Lord. I'm 42 years old. I, I don't know. I, that's a number I, I wouldn't even want to. I thank God the Lord is not holding count. Thank God for the blood. The blood of Jesus has made it so that the Lord is not taking account. And so my point is that if God is not taking into account, guess what the Lord is telling you? You don't take account. John, you don't take account. And so verse 23 says, therefore, is the kingdom of heaven likened to a certain king, which would take account of his servants. He's taking account, right? God doesn't want us to take account. Then it says that when he had begun to reckon, He's taking count. He's he's counting. He's reconciling things. One was brought unto him which owed him ten thousand talents. But for as much as he had not 
to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and his children and all that he had and payment to be made. Therefore, the servant, therefore, he fell down, he worshiped, he cried, he begged. He said, Lord, have patience with me. I'm, I'm going to pay you. I'm going to pay you. And then verse 27 says, then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him. And look what happened. See what happens when you move this word, this phrase, move with compassion, that's mercy. Then the Lord of the servant was moved with compassion, was merciful and loosed him. And then look what mercy leads to forgiveness and forgave the debt, forgave him the debt. Verse 28 says, but the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence, hmm, not 10,000 talents, a hundred pence. And he laid hands on him and he took him by the throat saying, pay me my money. He said, it's Friday. Give me my money. That's what he said. Verse 29 says, and his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him saying, hey, have patience with me. He's begging. I I'm going to pay you. And verse 30 says, and he would not, but went and cast him into the prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants, so when his fellow servants saw it was done, they were very sorry. And they came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, Oh, you, you wicked servant, I forgave you all your debt because you begged it, because you desired, because you, you, you know, you, you were on your knees. You know, you, you, you know, you, you, you asked that I open up my bowels of compassion. You desired it of me. Shouldn't you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, even as I had pity on you? And verse 34 says, and his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. And then verse 35, this is all Jesus talking, by the way. So likewise, this is a parable to help us, right? So likewise, shall my heavenly father do also unto you if you from your hearts forgive not every one of his brother their trespasses. Now we're just telling you this week that the mercy of God and his forgiveness, they are, the forgiveness of God is a byproduct of God's mercy. That, you know, because of God's mercy, he has forgiven you, but, but, but then God is expecting you to be merciful unto others and be forgiving unto others. Hallelujah. The overwhelming mercy of God results in his gracious forgiveness toward you, toward me. Forgiveness is just a byproduct of mercy. Of course, God's going to forgive you. He's going to forgive you because he is merciful over you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, I'm going to close with this. Um, and this is that. It's, this, it's, it's that the God's mercy. We already said that God's mercy is abundant. But therefore, guess what else is abundant? His forgiveness. So I want to show you in Isaiah chapter 55, verses 6 and 7. This is what it says. It says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Verse 6 of Isaiah 55. Call upon him while he is near. And then it says, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And then it says, let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God. Because watch this, look what God will do. He will abundantly pardon. We already told you what the word pardon means. It means to, to be spared. It means to, uh, to uh, oh, I, I actually didn't give you all the definition. It means to send away. 
It means to lay aside, uh, just as we, just in that, in that example that we read in Matthew chapter 18, just as that, that um, the servant, uh, the, the servant's master laid aside the debt, that debt was 10,000 talents. I mean, that was an overwhelming debt. And the, the, the master forgives, the master pardons. The word pardon means to lay all that debt aside. It means to take all of that debt, be aware of it, and move it and leave it somewhere and walk away from it. It means to omit it completely. It means to, to suffer and put up with the fact that, that there is this debt that exists that I'm not going to have paid. It means to, to yield that the fact that I can't have that debt. I'm not going to have that debt paid, and it's an act of my will. I'm going to lay it aside. That is pardoning. That is what forgiveness means. That's what the Lord has done for you, what the Lord has done for me. Where, where, you know, as it relates to our sin. And then it said, not only has the Lord done it, he's done it abundantly. It says in verse seven of Isaiah 55, that the Lord will abundantly pardon. And this is so powerful because, it, you know, it, it says that the abundant pardoning of the Lord is there for us because we sought the Lord. It says that it's there for us because when we were wicked, and the word wicked means a serpent-like way. It means a way that I start out one way in the morning, with good intent, and before noon, I'm already cursing somebody out. I'm already acting crazy. It's almost like God is not in my life. Like I don't name the name of Christ. It's a serpent-like way. It's it's hard to predict. We're not sure which way it's going to turn next. God says that wickedness. God says turn away from that. Just forsake that. And and then it says and then it says return unto the Lord. And that word return means to repent and come back up to the place where God called you to be. Don't go back, don't go down into that wickedness, that serpent-like way. Come back up to where God calls you to be and sit beside him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus because God's mercy is here for us. That's where the mercy of God is. So my point is God will abundantly pardon. God's abundant mercy is there for us, which results in his abundant forgiveness, but it's only there for us if we forsake our own wickedness and return, come back to him, forsake our way, and return to his way. And then the mercy of God is upon him, is upon us, because and he will abundantly pardon. Glory to God. I'm closing, I'm closing with this. God is a God of mercy. He's a God of mercy. And because he's a God of mercy, he's a God of forgiveness. And this is what it says about his forgiveness, about his pardoning. First Peter chapter one and verse three says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So, uh, 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 3 says, blessed be God, even the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of mercies. He's the father of mercies. He's the God of all comfort. Hallelujah. The last thing I'm going to leave you with this is this. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32 says, be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. I'm going to stop right there for a second. Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Forgiveness is so important because it's evident that God's mercy is in your life. And if God's mercy is in your life, then his forgiveness is in your life. 
then guess what? God's mercy should be in your life so that you can forgive others. And the powerful thing about forgiveness, if you're under the sound of my voice, is that forgiveness, the mercy of God and forgiveness, you know what it does? It opens things up. But unforgiveness, it closes things up. If, you, if, you, if there's somebody or something in your life that you have, are holding on to, that you are not forgiving, that you won't forgive, then the word of God said that God can't forgive you. Not that God won't. He can't. You know why God can't? Because you are in unforgiveness. You haven't forgiven. And as a result, you are closed off. You are closed off from the mercy of God and from God forgiving you. So let's walk in forgiveness. Let's receive the mercy of God. Mark, uh, Mark 11, chapter, uh, I'll just read this last verse uh, as we close. Mark chapter 11, verse 24 through 26. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, you shall have them. But when you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against anybody that your father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. Verse 26, I didn't write this. This is Jesus talking, it's in red. But if you do not forgive, neither will your father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. Mm. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's just lift our hands. Let's worship the Lord. I'm going to play something a little soft right now. We're going to worship the Lord. I want to come back to you. And then we're going to just, um, I want to pray over you and speak over you as, as we go. And, and thank you so much for joining us. I encourage you to stay with us if you can. We're just going to worship the Lord for a few more minutes. Glory to God. We praise you, Father. We worship you. We exalt you.